Hey guys, Jeremy here. Welcome to today's Everyman Livestream. So you may not know this, but do you realize that there are thousands of men, just like you, who are participating in this very livestream? You know, they're refueling just like you. They're recommitting to the fight just like you. And they're going to enter some spaces for Jesus today just like you to take territory back from evil. Now, the Everyman team wants all of you sons of the King to know that you are not alone. We are praying for you. And this morning, we declare victory over any evil coming against your life in Jesus' name and speak the power of his spirit onto you, in you, and through you. We are Team Jesus, and we will always have your back. Well, if you're joining us for the first time or coming back to the Everyman Livestream, we're in a powerful series called With God. Now, the big idea in this series is this. There are more ways we can relate to God that have more to do with our needs, our, des our desires, or our fears, and little or nothing to do with connecting to God himself. And just like there is a rhythm and signals we send in our relationships with people that let them know we are present to be with them, the same is true in our connection with God. Now, in today's study, we're going to look at the one signal that communicates your interest in another person in the strongest and clearest way. Do you know what it is? It's listening. Now in a world filled with distractions, shiny objects, endless push notifications from every app on our phone, and a relentless battle with hurry, the first thing to go is our ability to slow. Listen thoughtfully to another person. Take it in, receive it, and respond in a way that tells them we are actually listening. Now in today's culture, it's a special and rare skill that makes you stand out. Have you ever thought of why that is? Because when we sense a person is really listening to us, we know they care about us. And the same is true in your relationship with God. And the only question that remains now is, what signal are you sending? Well, buckle up. This session can change forever how you connect with God and even how you're connecting with others in your life. But before we dive into today's study, share this powerful message with friends that you care about so that their relationship with God and people can be transformed. Now let's go live to Crossline Church in Laguna Hills, California, and join men's expert and pastor Kenny Luck for part four of our study with God. If you have a Bible you want to open to uh, 1 Kings chapter 19, we're going to take a look at that. We're in this series, we're in part four of this series called With God. Question, uh, how many of you think that listening is at the center of any good relationship? Okay, because if you don't think that, you're in trouble. You're in big, big trouble. Here's the problem. Problem is we live in a world that is filled with so much noise. I heard a lot of murmurs, a lot of uh, amen murmurs in there, right? A lot of sounds, a lot of images, a lot of voices, a lot of distractions, right? All competing with one another for your time and your energy and your attention. So the follow-up question to is listening important in relationships is how many of you think quiet in today's culture is rare? Like to a man, right? I mean, we, we wake up and we have the affairs of life. So we have the activities of life. Then we have all the information connected to the activities of life. Then we have all the responsibilities connected to all the information of the activities of life. 
at work, at home, with your stuff. I mean, there's so many things competing for your attention. Now, having a relationship with anyone in the middle of all that is a challenge. It's a challenge, period, just because of the nature of life and the demands that are put on you in today's culture. And when you're in a relationship with God, this couldn't be more true, to fight for time with God, to be with God, to quiet yourself with God, to give Him the same courtesy and respect that you would give anybody when you're with Him. And so that's what we're going to talk about today because in this series, With God, listening is at the center of that relationship, just the same way as listening is at the center of any human relationship. On your notes in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, says this. I want us to read it together. Ready? Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Now, if you're taking notes, I want you to circle everything you do and everywhere you go. You know, you're doing life with God, and God wants to help you, but God can't help you if you're not actively listening for His voice. Not just in some things, not just on Thursday mornings or when, when, when you're going to have a meal or even when you're in church. But He wants your whole life. He wants to walk with you in everything you do and everywhere you go. And I think that's the first step, really, is to say, hey, God, God's not like man, where we have encounters with people, and we encounter them, and then we leave them. And because they're not present, they're not with us physically, which means because they're not God that they can't really help us. But God's different. God's with us 100% of the time. God's available 100% of the time. God is speaking 100% of the time. So we have to treat Him differently and listen to Him in a different way than we listen to man, right? The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21, that, that if we open our ears, we will hear God at any moment. All right, let's read that together. Ready? Your own ears will hear Him. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. Question, do you want that? Do you want that? Do you want to hear the voice of God? Because uh, the, the, the issue is, and the problem is not that God is not speaking. Write that down. That's your first fill-in this morning. The problem is not that God is not speaking. God's ready to talk. God's ready to speak to you. God's ready to speak into your life exactly where you're at in your exact circumstances and give you all of the resources that he has for you. So the problem is not, according to the Bible, that God is not speaking. The problem is that I'm not listening. Write that down. The problem is that I'm not listening. I'm not attentive. I'm not aware. God's there, but I'm not there. Right? God's with me, but I'm not aware that he's with me. All right? God wants to be involved, but I'm not so sure he wants to be involved in the mundane things in my life. Well, you couldn't have it more wrong if you think like that. So the problem is not that God is not speaking. The problem is, not, uh, the problem is that I'm not listening or I'm not aware. And the solution is that I must get quiet. I have to be quiet to listen, right? I mean, you just remember when you were in elementary school, you know, and the, the kids were talking and 
And then she'd go, shh. And then people would go, shh. And then it would get real, that would be a hush. Now there was quiet. Now the teacher could talk. And now things could move forward. Same is true with God. You know what? I was getting ready for this lesson. And it was very convicting. <laughs> very personally convicting. Because I'm just as busy as the rest of you. Okay? And, and, and in our culture, busy is a badge of honor. How you doing? Oh, so busy. Right? When someone says that, it should be a red flag warning. Wow, I wonder how they're doing with the Lord. Because if Satan can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Because if he can make you busy, then it's going to be hard to listen to God in the midst of all your busyness, right? But as I was, I was getting ready for the morning, um, I, I looked at the word listen. And do you notice that the word listen, if you just stare at the word or write it down, L-I-S-T-E-N, has the same letters for the word silent. It's pretty cool. You know, I was like, wow, the word listen you know, has the same letters as the word silent. And you have to get quiet, all right, to listen. And we see a lesson in listening take place in 1 Kings 19. That's why I had you hold a spot there, right? Now, just to give you perspective, uh, it involves God and Elijah and a lot of people trying to end Elijah's life because he's a prophet. And so Elijah in 1 Kings 19 is like a little panicky, all right, you would too if all the resources of a kingdom were dedicated to snuffing you out. All right, you'd be a little anxious, you'd be a little panicky. And so into this situation, uh, God says something to Elijah. It's right there in your notes. Then he was told, go stand on the mountain at attention before God. God will pass by. A hurricane wind ripped through the mountains and shattered the rocks before God, but God wasn't to be found in the wind. After the wind, an earthquake, but God wasn't in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, fire, but God wasn't in the fire. Let's finish it together. And after the fire, a gentle and quiet whisper. When Elijah heard the quiet voice, he muffled his face with his great cloak, went to the mouth of the cave, and stood there. A quiet voice asks, so Elijah, now tell me, what are you doing here? God wasn't in a big noise. God had Elijah go stand at attention on a mountain, had him withdraw, and then told him to prepare his spirit, like be at attention. And then some things started happening, and so it's, it's sort of like God is going to do a, a drive-by and Elijah is told, okay, let's see if you can find me. So big wind, right? Big shaking underneath, all right? Massive heat and fire, and then God's not in any of the, the big things. God is in a gentle whisper, right? A gentle and quiet whisper, and then they, then they start to connect. Big lesson there. Big, big lesson there. God taught Elijah how to be present with him. And so let's look at that for a second, right? First thing Elijah had to do is he had to pause. Elijah had to pause. He had to stop his life. He had to press the pause button on his life, okay? And then he had to go to the mountain. And even when he was there, right, there were other things going on. And even, because we can do that too, right? With God, we can press the pause button and maybe we can go sit in our favorite chair, or we can go sit at Starbucks, or we can park in the parking lot, 
and we can be alone physically, but this thing doesn't shut down. Our spirit stays mentally active, and we're really not present. Our spiritual eyes are looking past what's going on when we're trying to be with God. So that's the first thing we see. Second thing, Elijah had to wait. There, he said, go to the mountain. Stand there. But, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass by, and there's, there, there's some things that go on where the process is, okay, our God, are you there? Are you here? Are you here? Are you here? Are you here? And Elijah had to wait. He stood there, the Bible says. Third, Elijah had to be quiet. Now, how do I know that? How do I know that Elijah had to be quiet? Well, only a quiet person can hear a quiet voice. God's not going to raise his voice with us. God's not going to demand, like, hey, hey. You know, he want, if it's a relationship and you want to be in it, you're going to be listening and you're going to be at attention and you're going to get quiet because only a quiet person can hear a quiet voice. And so God is teaching Elijah how to be present. Okay? Fourth, Elijah had to be expectant. Go stand on the mountain at attention, the Bible says. Right? That's where, like, okay, I'm ready to hear. I'm eager to hear. And I bet, I bet the process of, of seeing the hurricane and, and seeing if God was there or seeing the, the wind and the, the, the shifting ground, okay, is that you, Lord? Or even the fire, Lord, is that you? Are you in the fire? Uh, no, he was in a gentle and quiet whisper, and Elijah had to be expectant. And then lastly, Elijah had to be attentive. He says, I'm passing by. You can connect with me. I'm passing by. And, it, and it's so appropriate that there are big things that are going on, and then there's this quiet and gentle whisper. Some of you are here this morning, and you got big things going on. They represent the hurricane. They represent the earthquake, and you can feel the heat, maybe, of your circumstances. It's pressing in, you know, on you. And yet, in the midst of all those big things going on, God just wants you to pause. He wants you to wait. He wants you to be quiet. He wants you to be expectant, and He wants you to be attentive. Why? Because while those big things are going on, He's asking for your faith. It takes faith to set aside your concerns of these other big things that are going on in your life, just to hear a gentle and quiet whisper of God. God's not going to compete with the events of your life. Those can be God to you, but he's not going to compete with them. Why? Because he wants to connect with you, and he's God. He's above all of those things. You don't compete with things that are below you. Amen? God's not competing with your circumstances. Why? Because God's over all your circumstances. But we let our circumstances compete with God. I do. I let them become more important, and they draw my energy and focus and, and my, my, my energy and my emotions when the whole time God is over them, and God's not going to compete with those things because he's over them. So it's natural for him to go, okay, if you want to do that, you can but I'm over all those things. You should connect with me, right? So it's good to see God working with man. Uh, I see myself in Elijah, right? And so let's just put ourselves in his shoes. God's over everything going on in your life, by the way, this morning. 
And he's not in your big hurricane, and he's not in your big earthquake, and he's not in your big fire, the things that are in front of your eyes that you think are so big. He's over those things, and he wants to come to you with a gentle and quiet voice, but that's going to demand something from you. You're going to have to get quiet to hear his strong and quiet whisper because he wants to tell you something. So let's, just like we can discern if someone is truly present with us, right? If someone's there and not there, how we can discern that. God can discern that. And if you love God, you want to send him the right message. Like, I want to be in this relationship. So let's talk about sending the right message. And the first thing we have to do is I must find time to listen. Here's the battle. In in any relationship, time is the coin of the realm. Time communicates love. Time communicates value. Time communicates priority. Like when someone sets aside their schedule to make time with you, you say, man, thank you for taking the time to be with me, right? It sends a huge message when you say no to yourself to say yes to another person. In fact, no words are exchanged. It's just that you made it a priority. You think this has more value than that. And the person that you're with is going, wow, they value me. They love me. You know, when you're a child, right, what what a child needs is not things. It needs the time of a father. He or she needs the time of a dad. And that's why we have so many young people growing up so anxious. They don't know what their worth is because People in their lives, in their first community of acceptance, their fathers, didn't spend time with them. What did that create inside of that that child? Anxiety and insecurity. And then there's a whole world waiting for them that's going to say, oh, well, we value you. We'll spend time with you. And we lose that that opportunity, right? Well, the same thing is true in a relationship with God. Look what it says here in Habakkuk chapter 2. It's just a guy who's finding time, all right? Let's read that together. Ready? I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. So you see a guy really carving out time, creating a physical space, going to that physical space, And he's going to wait to see what the Lord says. That's a good model for us. So God is teaching us how to be present in Elijah's life. And here in Habakkuk, the prophet, the man of God, in his life, he's like, man, I don't care what I got to do. I'm going to get there. You know, I saw a guy in this room the other morning. I got out of the gym. I saw this guy. I said, Mike, how's it going? He's in his car in the Wells Fargo Bank parking lot. And his car's over there kind of in this isolated spot. I'm like, how you doing? He goes, I'm doing good, just having my quiet time. (laughs) In the bank parking lot. But it's it's like Habakkuk. It's like I'm going to my place. And in that place, doesn't matter where the space is, doesn't matter if it's in your car or in a parking stall, that's your watchtower. Question. Where's your watchtower? Where's the place where you go that you and God have a special connection place 
right? Could be your favorite chair, right? Cup of Joe, got your reading glasses, whatever. Could be a parking lot, a half hour before work starts, before that phone comes on and starts demanding things of you. And people start talking to you. Could be early in the morning, could be right before you go to bed, all right? But you got to find time to listen. Now, the model for this is Jesus. Let's read Luke 5.16 together. Ready? But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Okay, when we pick up Jesus' life in the Gospels, man, he's rocking and rolling. I mean, once he's baptized and once he says in Luke 4, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me and he's anointed me too, I mean, it is off to the races, and then we start tracking his life. And in the midst of his hurricanes and his fire and his earthquakes and his earthly ministry, we see Jesus going, whoop, whoop, whoop. He would withdraw to a lonely place, okay, the Bible says. But he often withdrew. That's our model. Now, can I make a little connection? Jesus lives in you. If you're a follower of Jesus, Jesus lives in you. So doesn't it make sense that if Jesus lives in you, that he would continue to live through you and that you would withdraw often to your place to get quiet with God and to connect with God, right? So that's the first step. Don't want to send the right message to God? You got to find some time. And that's a battle. Now, there is a person who's very interested in you not finding any time. His name is the devil. Because if he can interrupt that time with God, if he, can, if he can say, ah, you don't need the watchtower, you don't need the parking stall at the Wells Fargo, you don't need that chair anymore, you don't need to turn off your phone, you don't need, if he can get you to do that, he can keep you from hearing the gentle and quiet whisper of God and your soul will stay anxious. And then we make bad decisions when we're anxious, Amen when we're isolated, when we're running on self-sufficient anxiety and our own wisdom and our own concerns. So you can see that this is a huge battle. Satan does not like this message because he does not want you to connect with God. So first, I must find time to listen. Second, I must prepare my body. If you're going to be with God and you want to be a good listener, there's some ergonomics to this thing. Now, any of you who are in a relationship with a woman, please pay attention. All right? Right? You got to turn and face versus stare into space. Right? You got to be there, right? Because they have like this incredible radar that reads, you know, body language and, and ergonomics. And oh, by the way, if you're connected to a woman, all right, not being a good listener is interpreted as rejection. That's how their heart is built, all right, because they, they, they have that connect gift, right? So they have highly sensitized radar on that. So, and you know, here we are with God, and we have to afford him the same courtesy. Look what it says in Psalm 46.10. Let's read this together. Ready? Cease striving and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. All right? Circle cease striving and then know that I'm God. Circle that and then connect the two. All right? One is related to the other. One, if one happens, the other goes way better. 
So there is, has to be a physical stop. There has to be an emotional stop. Like, I can be in a place physically, and I can be striving mentally. How about you? I can really be just grinding on the inside, and God knows that, all right? You can't know God if you're striving on the inside. That's you got to settle yourself down. you got to prepare your body. Maybe you need to take a few deep breaths. Maybe you need to turn off your phone. You have to get your body ready to connect with God, just like you would get your body ready to talk to a person and for them to recognize that you are with them, all right, and eyeball them, except for we connect with God with our heart, right? We, we sing songs, worship to open the eyes of my heart, right? God's looking at our heart, you know? Are you with me on the inside, right? Look what it says here in James 1.19. It's kind of like the first law of presence, all right, or relationship. Let's read that together. Ready? Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Relationship 101. Two of these, one of these. Less talking, more, yeah, because that's, that is the most helpful thing for a relationship. All right? Now, if that's true with people, it's true with God. Right? You got you to slow to know. You, it, there's a myth out there that I can have quality and have quick. That's an oxymoron. Keyword? Moron. Only a moron would think that you can have a great relationship uh, with someone and be quick or inattentive with them. Right? Quick and quality don't go together. And so God says, hey, cease striving if you want quality. All right? Less of this, more of this, if you want quality. But there's this putting on of the brakes, right? I got to slow down. Is that convicting to you? It is to me. I'm not, I'm not hearing the Lord as well as I probably could. I think we're all in the same boat. I mean, and there's, there's a prophetic truth going on right now in the room. You're evaluating your, how relationships really work, and then God's going, Okay, why don't you make an application over here with me? And there's a blessing on the other side if you do. So, number one, I must find time to listen. Number two, I must prepare my body. Number three, I must prepare my spirit. Now, each level, we're going deeper. It's one thing to find the time. It's one thing to kind of slow down. But then what's my attitude? What is my attitude? You ever notice that the truest listening comes with a good attitude? Like if you detect a bad attitude, the first conclusion you make is they're not listening. Right? Look at what it says here in Psalm 143, verse 8. Let's read that together. Let me hear of your unfailing love each morning, for I am trusting you. Show me where to walk, for I give myself to you. Man, that's a good attitude. When you're coming together, if, 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 if you're finding time to listen to God and you're preparing your body and you start putting on the brakes and slowing down and then you bring this attitude of eagerness, let me hear of your unfailing love each morning. I'm trusting you. Show me where to walk. Like there is this attitude of humility. There's this attitude of dependence. 
in the spirit of the psalmist. Right? Let's read words of the man after God's own heart. David, Psalm 86, verse 11. Let's, let's read that together. Ready? Teach me your way, Lord, that I might rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. Boy, there's that, there's that humility and there's that teachability and then there's that, that, that flexibility before God. Now, that's someone I'm sure that God loves connecting with. Now, there was a complaint. You know, there's a complaint in the Bible. You see it in the Old Testament. You see it in the New Testament, too, where, you know, God's people were so forgetful of, of His presence, and they were so concerned about the, the events of what was going on around them that they they either forgot God, or they failed to remember God, or they got prideful and self-sufficient. And humility went out the door, and anxiety and fear took over, and they became God's little G and started running their own lives. Right? That's convicting in this room. It's convicting for me, because that's the battle. So, want to send God the right message? You got to find time to listen. You got to prepare your body. You got to prepare your spirit. And then lastly, I must be ready to respond. You know, that's the truest sign of listening. You know, as parents, it's like, you know, when you slow your, your kids down when they're little to have a talk, you actually make them set aside a place, like, go to your room. All right, I'll be up in a minute, right? And then you go and you talk to them and you sort of kind of have their attention. And, and then really what you're watching for on the listening end is the action after the discussion, right? Same is true with God. I wonder if R.C. heard me. I wonder if Kenny heard me. I wonder if Tom heard me, all right? I wonder if Martin heard me. I wonder if Gary heard me. I wonder if Tim heard me. Right? I wonder if Ron heard me. We got together. I talked. Seemed like he was listening, but let's see if he was really listening, right? God revealed things, and the purpose of revelation is not consideration. The purpose of revelation is application. When God cares enough to speak to you and to speak to me personally, right? what He wants is not, hey, that was great, or He doesn't want a discussion, or, or boy, I should really think about that, God. No, He's God, right? Look at what it says here in Acts 13.22 about David versus Saul, right? Let's read it together. Ready? After removing Saul, he made David their king. God testified concerning him, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. So the man after God's own heart is in a relationship. He's listening but then when he hears God say something, he's ready to respond. And that, that's God being called in, you know, when the Bible says God testified concerning him. Can you imagine that? Courtroom scene. David's walk with God is on trial, you know, in the language of this passage. It's like, yes, we'd like to call the CEO of everything to testify, the God of the universe, his maker, his creator the one who gives him breath and life. We'd like to call him to the stand. And, and, and God testifies about David what is the absolute best thing about him. Not that he's perfect, amen? The best thing about David 
is that whatever circumstance he finds himself in, after he's blown it, or maybe after a victory, he does the very thing God tells him to do. After David sinned, committed adultery with Bathsheba, and murdered her husband, there was God's will in that circumstance, and it was repent. And David repented. Okay? After victories, you know, there was, okay, who gets the credit for this? And David worshiped and praised God, and he gave God the credit. So it didn't matter if he was at a victory or at a defeat. God's will is in both spaces. Maybe you're here this morning, and you're riding the crest of victory. You are on the wave of abundance. Things are happening for you, all right? And God's speaking into that and saying, I gave you the ability to do that, and I gave you the partnerships to do that. I gave you the resources to do that. I gave you the mind to accomplish that. Where's the credit going, all right? Or maybe you're in the valley low, right? God's there too, all right? God's presence isn't limited to our prosperity or our adversity. He's with us everywhere we go and in everything we do, right? And there's God's will in both spaces, and God wants to speak to you in both spaces. Remember, he's not concerned about the severity or the, the magnitude of your circumstances. He's not in the hurricane. He's not in the earthquake. He's not in the fire, good or bad. But he has his will and purpose in both spaces. And he wants us present. He wants our spirit right. He wants our body corrected, and he wants us ready to respond to what he says. Look at what it says in in Isaiah 45. Here's a picture, an image. It's easy to pick up, but let's read it together. Ready? Woe to those who quarrel with their maker, those who are nothing but potsherds among the potsherds on the ground. Does the clay say to the potter, what are you making? Does your work say the potter has no hands? Get the picture? You know, when you, got a, when you got a lump of clay in there, the potter has a vision for the clay. doesn't matter if it's uh, in a ball, in a blob, or whatever. But if you're on the top of the mountain or you're in the valley below, the potter has a plan. Say that with me. The potter has a plan, all right? So maybe you feel like your clay is fully formed and you're out riding the wave of success and there's nothing left for you to learn. Wrong. The potter has a plan, and he's molding you and shaping you and testing you through abundance and success. How will you use that? Who will get the credit? How will you be a good steward? Or down here, maybe things aren't going so great for you today, right? The potter has a plan, and you are the clay. Our purpose is to be ready to respond to what God says in either place and cooperate with the, the potter. Now, the, the, the passage makes it just so ridiculous for the clay to talk back to the potter because the potter has the vision. So what stage of life are you in? How are your relationships going? How's work going? Where is the flow of your life? The potter has a plan. He's ready to talk. The question is, are you with him? Are you finding time to listen? Are you preparing your body? Are you, are you stopping long enough? Are you pausing? Are you waiting? Are you attentive? 
Are you eager? Are you preparing your spirit to hear the potter's plan at this stage of your life, wherever you are? Because he has a vision for how he wants to mold and shape you in this circumstance right now. Don't make the circumstance God. Let God be God, because God's over that. He's in the gentle and quiet whisper. So here's the big idea. Listening is at the center of relationship. If we're not if we're not talking, we don't have a relationship because there's no disclosure. There's two things that are required for any relationship, disclosure and reciprocity. Right? What does that mean? It means that new information is there for me to find out. I've been married to Chrissy for 31 years, and there's new information every day that is available in this endless repository of words. I run out of words on Wednesday. She's got words infinitely. All right? But there is this, there is, there's disclosure, and I get to hear what's inside as we're going and walking through life, whether we're in abundance or whether we're in trial and testing. There's, there's things to, to hear and to discover. So listening is at the center of relationship. Disclosure is required for a relationship. God wants to disclose himself to you. That's what he said to Moses in, in Exodus 29. He said, you will establish the tent of meeting. Everybody say tent of meeting. Tent of meeting. And there I will meet with you and I will speak with you. God says, you know what? We're in relationship. Relationships require new information and disclosure and revelation. Okay, But then... It's what are we going to do with that? So here's the second pillar of any relationship. It's called reciprocity. That means that we're going to give each other the same courtesy and the same respect and the same love and the same accountability when things are disclosed. Right? That's a relationship, right? You got to have disclosure, revelation. People are sharing what's inside of them with you, and then you because they respected you and were courteous to you and loving enough toward you to share what they shared because they trust you and you're a safe person, that you are going to reciprocate and, and in reciprocity go, okay, I'm going to respect what you said and I'm going to be ready to respond. Whether that means a feeling, a validation, a confirmation, an affirmation, an acceptance, grace, truth, whatever they say, you are in earnest going to love them back and respond. Right? So listening is at the center of relationships. The question is, am I a good listener? And can I just make a distinction between hearing and listening? Hearing is a biological phenomenon. And a lot of times we pass off hearing for listening. Yeah, I heard you. Wow. There's a relationship killer. Yeah, I heard you. Just like, if I'm quiet, I can hear the fan in the room. Right? Boy, what a message to send, right? right? Listening is an acquired skill. And can I just confess something? I'm a horrible listener. I'm horrible. I've really disciplined myself over the years because I've missed so much relationship because of being a bad listener. There's so much more in human relationships. There's so much more God wants to say we're such bad listeners, and Satan is highly invested in bad listeners, because if you're a bad listener, he will destroy your relationships, and that is his mission, 
to destroy your relationships with God and destroy your relationships with people, right? So this is a huge skill. Now, on the upside, because if, if I'm going to tell you the downside of being a bad listener, let me tell you the upside of being a great listener. And to develop this skill, right, listening communicates love. Let's say that together. Listening communicates love. Say this with me. Listening shows respect. Listening gives worth. Listening gives worth, right? Listening provides protection. Listening provides protection, right? Man, what are you missing out on? Are you missing out on love? Are you missing out on some respect? Are you missing out on intimacy and connection? Are you missing out on worth and value? Are you rejecting protection just because you're not listening, right? Those are all the things that happen, and and I just named a couple of them. And so in a relationship with God, not a relationship from God, not a relationship over God, not a relationship under God, right? But a relationship with God where we want Him, not what we can get from Him, all right? Those are the things that God wants to give you. The question is, are you finding time? Are you preparing your body? Are you preparing your spirit, and are you ready to respond? Let's bow our heads and pray. God, thank you that you, at your very core, are the God of all relationship. In fact, that's at the center of where you live, how you connect with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It is a relationship of mutual delight, mutual encouragement, mutual respite. There's there's disclosure, there's reciprocity in your person, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and you want us to enjoy and experience what you enjoy and experience within yourself. So you sent Jesus so that we could be in relationship with you. But we realized this morning that, man, we got a lot of work to do because earth commands way too much of our energy, focus, and attention. And you're over the earth. Circumstances in our lives command way too much emotion and energy and attention. When you're over our circumstances. God, thank you for the lesson of Elijah. Help us to learn it. Help us to see that you're not in all the noise. In fact, you want us to cease striving to know you. So Lord, I pray for every man that's listening right now to the sound of your voice, that he would find his tent of meeting, that like Habakkuk, he could find his watchtower, that he would pause and wait and be quiet and be expectant and be attentive and be ready for a personal conversation with you. A quiet voice asked, so Elijah, now tell me, what are you doing here? Jesus, thank you that you're ready to meet with us. Thank you that you're ready to speak. Thank you that you're speaking now to us. And I pray that you would just begin right now a complete and total transformation of how we connect with you. In Christ's name we pray, and God's men said, amen.